This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the Locker Room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. The number is 412 412- Nine one nine one three one six, and we are just tooling along here on a Friday, getting ready for the finale in Baltimore against the dastardly Ravenites. Those guys, uh, I got a feeling they're going to be locked and loaded, no doubt about it, because they're bringing in Terrell Suggs. And if anybody knows Terrell Suggs, the history, I should say, of Terrell Suggs and Ben Roethlisberger, you know, it was always that was one of the great, I don't know, like villains. One of the, the great uh, antiheroes to Ben Roethlisberger was Terrell Suggs. And one of the things I always remember being at the, the M&T Bank Stadium, I believe is what it was called, uh, was watching in the pregame introductions. You had the Ray Lewis dance thing going on and all that. But uh, they had these, uh, I don't know, these these smokestacks and stuff on each side of the, in the player's tunnel. You, you know where... Uh, the players would come out of, and Terrell Suggs would come out with one of those road road warrior masks on, and they're going to have um, they're going to have uh, Terrell Suggs there uh, as a uh, I don't know a legendary a legend guy, you know. There, I, I think it's almost like they they want to have the anti hero to Ben Roethlisberger, right? Yeah, yeah, he he was, yeah, he wasn't he he was more of an afterthought when I played. Um, <laughs> He didn't have a lot of success hitting Ben on my side when when I played against him. So it'll be interesting to well, see there's, there's, good, old, good, old, good old T-Suggs, Muddy Mud Skipper. Yeah, maybe, maybe you get a chance to. Flounder. Yeah. Do, do a live one-on-one with him just down there on the sidelines for fun. Yeah, just punch him in the throat one more time, you know, just for old time's sake. <laughs> come on, come on. You know it fits here. You know it yeah, fits you, here. Come you, on. You ah, felt you. this before. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. You know what the web. You know what the web of my hand feels like against your trachea. It's cool. It's cool. Let me ask you something because when we were talking off the air, you mentioned something that perked my ears up like crazy, and I've not. I this this got my mouth watering. I know. It's taco lasagna. Oh. Because we talked about our love for lasagna. Yeah, right, right. And I was thinking about tacos. Oh I was like, man, how awesome would a taco lasagna be? How are we constructed is the question. That, yeah. That's the other thing. Because you have to be able to slice it to get it out. And you don't want to spoon it out. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, that, that, that's the but one But sometimes you've got to like, get muddy. I mean, sometimes you just well, got to get it, muddy. I want it muddy, and I'm going to yeah. chop it up once I get it on the plate anyways. Okay. All right, right. You know, I'm just thinking, you know, because, I mean, you have to have a layer of, like, you know, refried beans in there. Somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some guac. You know. Yeah, some guac. I mean, it almost comes like a seven-layer dip, right? I mean, Ooh. but you need to have like, oh. a chip or solidified layers in there. And it has to have lots of cheese. Yes. So you got to put more cheese. So it has to not just be like cheddar and and um, the Oaxaca cheeses. Like you got to get some cotilla. Oaxaca. You got to get yeah Oaxaca cheese. Okay, now it's you're Mexi- taking me to Mexi- something it, I've not experienced. It's a Mexican cheese. It's a very melty kind of stringy type cheese. No kidding. It's almost like Mexican mozzarella. I think it's probably okay. the best way to, yeah. Some queso asadero, which is another. You are Mexican a man of many talents. Milk. Let me tell you something. You know, you know. I mean, I, I live out in Arizona. I have. Nope. I, I, I mean, I, I have. I have frequented many, many of uh, Latin American restaurants uh, in my time. <laughs> I've 
I've handled my share of burros. Because you can't say burrito because burrito means little burro. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, a burro is a big, what we would consider a burrito. You know what I'm saying? No. So, yeah. Yeah. I got so, it. Wait, wait, after after you walk the rim. I'll Grand see you Canyon. this. Yeah, this offseason, we yes. will go and participate. And, yeah, we will and participate. Great eating. Yes. And I'm going to find some place that makes taco lasagna. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely yes, love it. We have to. All right. Here we go. We got, let me ask you something because I'm looking at the, you know, at, at the, the the Ravens now. They've lost five in a row. Okay. <clears throat> now everyone knows how hard it is to pull out of a tailspin. Okay. You know yes. how it, you, you get one, then you stack, just like you stack wins, you can stack losses. And it's very difficult when you stack three four, and now five that you pull out of that tailspin. And it's going to take a lot of veteran presence on the part of the Ravens and and their head coach to be able to make sure that these guys who have next to nothing to play for, because they got a shot at the playoffs just like the Steelers, but it's not a big one, right? But they, you know, how much can you, how much can, how much hay can you make out of the fact that Big Ben's coming to town. This is his final rodeo there. And let's send him off with a bang a la Miles Garrett. Only Miles Garrett didn't quite send him off with the bang he thought. Well, and, and here's the other thing. I, I, I hope Jaguars fans are listening because that's who we care about the most. Oh, yeah. We, true. we need the Jaguars to come out of their own tailspin uh, to help us out because they're on a, was it, two, four, six, eight. They're on an eight game losing streak. Um, Boy, that's even harder. Yeah. Yeah, so we we need them to take all these notes, okay? Here, okay. Here's what you, here's what you do when you when you need to circle the wagons, right? The biggest thing is your veteran leadership has to be just as excited right now as they were in week one. You know, you have to manufacture, create, lie, deceive, whatever you got to do to fake it till you make it type right. of deal. That's what you have to have out of your leadership. And then also, you have to also have the attention to detail and practice. It can't be going through the motions, right? You can't be lackadaisical, looking up at the sky, thinking about your fishing trip that you have on January 15th, right? right? I got to focus on January 9th first, or if you play on the 8th, if you're one of those other teams. But I'm talking about the ja- I'm talking to the Jaguars, not the Ravens. I refuse to talk to Ratbirds and give them any <laughs> points of inspiration. Um, I like your diligence in disliking it, yeah. somebody. That's good. Yeah, once again, it's a lifestyle choice, you know? I mean, you know, I just choose not to like anything purple and black, and that's just the way it is. I've never had to interact with it unless it's on a football field, and if I see it, I want to hit it. So that's never a good thing. Um, but, you know, Teal, I mean, you can't be mad when you look at Teal, right? I mean, Teal is tough. The Jaguar, he's, he, you know, the, their mascot, he, he, looks like, he looks like a mascot from a basketball team. He's very doughy. Uh, so I feel I, I feel like I have a kindred spirit. Like he would eat taco lasagna with this wolf. Ooh. You know that's why I'm that's why I'm talking to the Jaguars right now. Oh yeah, because I feel like the mascot embodies us, and we don't have to play them, uh, <laughs> but we need them to win. So you know it's it's attention to detail. It is a focused mind from leadership and excitement from leadership that gets the young guys there because what you're instilling right now also carries over for next year. How you finish ultimately helps set the mindset for how you're going to start next year. And especially when it's a division game like ours is. Imagine putting that in the sting in the mind to know that my division foe 
cost me a playoff spot. Right. You know what I'm saying? No doubt about like, it. They've sucked all year except for <laughs> when they played us. And that's what you're going – you're going for spoiler. You know, I remember uh, – what was that? It was 2006. Six, yes. Um, and we went to Cincinnati to end of the season. We weren't going to the playoffs. Right. But we knew that, hey, no, we, we want to win this game. We beat Cincinnati in Cincinnati and hurt, and hurt their playoff, you know, hopes. Because we we won that game, even though it was meaningless for us, right? But we wanted to make sure that you knew that we still own your stadium in your own state, like it's still Steelers West Coast Ohio Division. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like we wanted to make sure that you knew that leaving, even though we're not going to the playoffs, and you were probably excited to know that we weren't going to the playoffs. But guess what? We want to make it that much tougher for you that you don't forget us, right? <laughs> we want we, we are the scorned X right before we dump you. That's what we want to feel, and that's what we want to make you feel like. So for the Jacksonville Jaguars, getting out of your eight-game losing streak, it takes three things. Excitement from your leaders. Manufactured, lying, whatever you got to do, make it excitable. B, attention to detail and practice. And C, how you end is how you're going to probably start next year. So carry in the mindset to carry over from last year to this year, success positivity in your mind. Let it be the lasting image of this year so I'll carry you into training camp next year. And that's my soliloquy for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You can apply it to any other team on a losing streak except for the Baltimore Ratbirds. Soliloquy. Oh, man, Hoopy's just got to be beside herself with that one. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> yeah. huge, man. That is absolutely huge. I love it. Just when you think you can drop no lower, you totally redeem yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> Keep that IOU, Wolf, I for will. Ferrari. It's worth a lot. I'm telling you, keep that one. Let me ask you something. You got Lamar Jackson has only practiced one time, I think it is, in the last 26 days, and it wasn't yesterday, and it wasn't the day before. So I got to believe that we are going to see Huntley instead of Jackson, and I think that does tip things a lot in the favor of the Steelers because let's face it. Lamar Jackson's a beast. Huntley's a good athletic quarterback, but he's not of the same ilk. He's not of the same ilk. And also, you know, Lamar struggles against us in Pittsburgh. He flourishes against us in Baltimore. So that's the one guy you don't want right. <laughs> present in the arena. You know, and I think I think if we're getting that, yeah, you have to feel – you have to feel a lot better, but also you got to be cautious, right? You know, a cornered animal is a dangerous animal. Right. So you you know that they're going to be in a corner. And they're going to try something to get the crowd in their favor early. So you have to be able to weather that storm and then show the hindsight and 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 the smarts that you that you always display moving forward. But you're gonna you're gonna take a flurry of punches, right? They're going to throw everything at you to see what sticks. And you got to be able to deflect that thing like Wonder Woman's bracelets, right? You have to be able to, to get it going. And I think that's what you kind of have to continually keep your mindset in is that, you know, you need to be on your P's and Q's. I think that's the biggest thing when we're talking about, especially with Mike Tomlin calling the plays, is that you have to be locked in. And you have to understand also – my head coach is calling our plays defensively. So as a defensive leader, I need to make sure I'm processing receiving information for when I come to the sidelines to be able to help him out 
as a player to give them what we're seeing so that we can change and tweak some things to have that open dialogue. Because that's the other thing that's the other key component is that you must have those veterans in place to help support when you're missing key pieces because those players have played it all season, so they're going to also have a mindset to know what they can do, what's successful and what's not successful in real time and be able to deliver that information to the head coach slash defensive coordinator in this situation. So I think that's the other key part that we kind of kind of lose in translation is that it's not all on the coach to call the perfect play. It's on the players to also help the coach call the perfect play. And we have a lot of veterans there on that defense that can help with that from the cams, from the TJs, you know, Joe Schobert, um, and having Minkas in the backfield, Terrell Edmonds and such. You have to have all of that dialogue be clean down the middle of, of, of your defensive uh, alignments to make sure everybody knows what they can do. You know, that's that's interesting that you bring up Schobert and like Devin Bush and the, the group of guys coming back because, again, the Chris Wormley, uh, those guys, they're going to be important come, you know, game time. You're going to have to – Completely forgot about Wormley. Yeah, I mean that's one and of the how guys. How could I? <laughs> but he kicked butt. That's where he came alive. He, he came did. alive against the Ravens. He did very and now much. He's going so. back to be more. Please do that again, Chris. <laughs> I, I'm sending you. You know, it, it, it's an early birthday gift. You know, bud. It just just give me two more sacks. You know, I'm just asking <laughs> for a friend. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe one and hold one up for TJ. You know what I mean? Just kind of hold him there. No, no. I feel like once you get him, the emphasis goes to the middle, and now TJ gets more one-on-one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So if he's dicing the middle, TJ gets the one-on-one with the guy with the bad hand, and then he chops that a couple of times, his hand's throbbing. Oh, yeah, The next yeah, thing you know, yeah. he's, trying to, he's trying to do the little chicken wing. Yeah, He's trying yep. to chicken wing it off, and boom. Next thing you know, new sack record. <laughs> All right. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We got some calls coming up. We got Freeman. We got CR. We got some other guys. The number's 412-919-1316. We'll be back with more after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, you're in the locker room, and we are getting ready to open up the phone lines. 412-919-1316. Let's go to Nancy (coughs) in Arizona. Nancy, you're down there somewhere by Max. Southern Arizona. There you go. There's there we go. Miss Nancy, how you doing? Good to have you in the locker room. We're great. We've got a great Steeler Nation down here. Most of us are transplants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what you got on your gourd there? Hey, my question is, coming off the great Irvine points and Najee's great rushing performance on Monday, how do you feel we stack up against the D-line at, at the Ravens? Max, uh, let's go Arizona versus Arizona, or Arizona yeah. with Arizona. Yeah, there we go. Arizona for Arizona. Okay, there, it is. there you um, go. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I, I think we have a good time because I look at, you know, how we played them the first time, and I think we've kind of been upgraded, um, you know, on the offensive line as far as the experience and kind of that toughness. And when I look at just how depleted they are in the secondary, they can't add the eighth man in the box, I feel. So you'll get a lot of seven-man fronts that you'll get to run against. And the way that they started using more man scheme, less motions, and I think with that depleted secondary, that 
that's going to be something we kind of hone in on. I think Najee, you know, I said this to Craig in, in the break, I think this could be back-to-back 100-yard performances for Najee because I think the offensive line has that mindset in there. Matt Canada has seen the success of that. And mm-hmm. not having Deontay now puts more tight ends into the rotation, I think it gives us a very good opportunity to run against that defensive line. Even though you do have some great guys in Oway and Brandon Williams and company and Tyus Bowser, but at the same time, I think our offensive line stacks up well, especially when we run man. Great. Sounds good. Anything else there, dear Nancy? That's all I got, but I'm glad to report the game's going to be on here in Tucson, local broadcast. Right. So okay, you're in Tucson. <laughs> You're in Tucson. That's right. bear, bear down country. Bear okay. down country. Now, have you yeah, been to the yeah. OK Corral? I have. Oh, really? Yeah. What was your What was your I've impression? done the tourist thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was sort of like underwhelming, but, you know, it is what it is. It's a tourist trap, so <laughs> it's fine. Come on. Hey, they got great, they got great bars in, in Tombstone. What can I say? It well, wasn't a wasted trip. Here's the question. <laughs> Is there is there any taco lasagna down there? Because Max and I have been kicking that around this morning. I haven't come across that, but I'm going to do some research. Oh yes, there we go. Please call there back. All right, you know if you find something, let us I know. Will. Yes, we're, we're, I we're will. I can text you the recipe the if I find it. <laughs> there we go. Thank Love you so it. much, Nancy. Appreciate hey, it. Great broadcast. We're enjoying SNR out here. Love it. Oh, Thanks wonderful. So much. Thank you so much. Thank and, you. of course, that's Nancy from Arizona, and the number's 412-919-1316. Let's roll on. We got Freeman in North Carolina. Freeman, you're in the locker room. Hey, guys. How you doing? Fabulous. Doing how good. you doing? Doing great. And uh, I'm in South Carolina, but, you know, we get that a lot. You know, <laughs> I had – Tunch always used to say – that my my worst class ever was geography because I couldn't find my classes, right, up at Syracuse. Well, <laughs> my geography is bad because sometimes I can't tell the difference between North Carolina and South Carolina. So there you go. Welcome to the club. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> hey, um, I got a couple comments. Um, you know, first I want to say, uh, Max, um, I thought you were great against Terrell Suggs during your years with the Steelers. I never worried about Suggs when he was lined up against you. So you always did a good job of minimizing him. Thank you. um, My question is the improvement of the running game against Cleveland. Is that – how much can we say is due to the center versus the offensive line coach? And that's it. Oh. Okay, well, I, I will I will preface this um, by saying that the center adjustment was, I think, one of the key things. Um, I don't think is it, it's the end all be all for it, but um, you know, I will say that it was more so the offensive coordinator uh, calling the run plays because you know I, I said this I want to say earlier in this week, Wolf. I think we talked about this mm-hmm. was that you have to have the intent there and you have to call the plays. And you have to put the team in the best position to call the right plays. And far too many times this season, the wrong plays were called. A lot of outside stretch zone, a lot of multi-motions and all these kind of jet sweeping actions and split belly. Just line up, point your guy out, run man and gap scheme, and do that and don't let your guy fall off on the tackle. And I thought, you know, having J.C. in there, he brought a toughness in there. 
and kind of more steadiness. Because I think Kendrick brings the toughness as well. Oh, no he's doubt. a very aggressive player. But I think sometimes he gets in his own head and then he kind of goes too far, reaches a little bit too much, and you, and you get off kilter, you miss your assignments. And I think with that zone scheme also hurts that because it's more an area than a man. I think Matt Canada finally called more man plays in there, and they were able to handle that, and they stopped with all the motion. So I think it was more so on the offensive coordinator and some of those personnel changes. And I think Chris Morgan managing that, right, because you still got to manage Kendrick Green, who's been the starter all season, and he's on the bench now, you know, to make sure that his mental and emotional state's in check, right? And when you do make these adjustments that guys are – feeling included and that you're making sure you're making the right adjustments so I think it's a holistic one but more so on the coordinator to call the right plays and then of course making that switch at center there's no question in my mind that J.C. Hassenauer is a competent uh, excellent player you know what I mean you can sit there he's very competent at guard he's an excellent center Uh, Kendrick Green is is an excellent player as well a lot of people kind of get you know you can see where a lot of people get a little bit fuzzy about it and stuff. I watch this kid. This kid competes, and he's competed hard in each and every game that he's been in. I'm a fan of both these guys. Adrian Clem is a darn good offensive line coach. I've seen and talked to people who he has changed the trajectory of their careers uh, in, in enabling them. You talk to a Beecham, Calvin Beecham. I mean, you speak so highly of him. Uh, I got no problems with that. Um you know, and he's he's moved on. You got it, okay. Chris Morgan's going to be very very good in what he and he's going to bring to the lineup as well. He's been a offensive line coach for six seasons. So, I again, I I, I believe what Max has said. I, I think the offensive coordinator has changed some of the things. His approach. He's given the guys the best opportunity to get after it. Look, moving people off the ball is that's what young guys do. I mean. You know, when you have older guys, you're going to have guys that they not only they can come off the ball and everything, but being able to run the stretch in the zone, they've seen it all. They know it. They, they, they've experienced it a thousand times over. But the young people, the one thing they bring in the league, and one of the things like Danny Moore, all right, hard as nails just coming off the ball and whacking people and going at it week in, week out, just like Kendrick, you know, just like the big LeGlue got in there. And the big LeGlue comes off the ball. You know, these guys, I celebrate that because in their youthfulness, you got at one point with the three of them, you got three, basically three rookies out of five offensive linemen. And these guys just pound away, and they sometimes you come up short, but they've overall gotten better little by little. They had a little regression at one point in time. But I think, again, you got to give Matt Canada some props and being able to put these guys in a position where they can excel and use the God-given gifts that they got, which is they got a lot of ham hock power. They got a lot of strength. They got a lot of verve. <laughs> they are able to dig in and, and get those power double teams. So I hope it continues. I hope that they take advantage of the fact that, as Max said, they're probably not going to be an eighth guy in the box too often. Uh, but we shall see. And I, I, I look forward to more. I think we've got some really good up-and-coming young bucks. Yeah, and they've awesome. got to go through the Love whole puberty process. You know, I, I think that's the other <laughs> thing we have to remember. You know, it, it's going to get ugly at points. It, it, it's it's going to get better. You're going to find your emotions. And I think that that's any growth when you have a young offensive line. And that's the thing, I think, because we haven't seen it as much. Because even when I came into the league back in 04, we had a veteran offensive line. Right. You know, Alan Fanica had been there for five years. Marvell Smith had been there for four. Um, 
Kendall for three, you know, and then you also had Oliver Ross, who, who is a journeyman and been there for a while, Jeff Hardings. You know, we had a very veteran crew, and it kind of we kind of built off of that, right? You kind of replaced a piece and, and mixed him in with, you know, mixed some young with the new. Well, we had a full sale sweep on the offensive line, so it's all new. And so we haven't seen that for almost two decades. So it, it is an adjustment when you haven't seen it. We're not like the Jets or the Jaguars or some of these other teams out here that had that have rebuilding or seem like they're always rebuilding, you know, it, it's, it's a process. And right now we're seeing the ugly phase of it, right? It's when your hair's a little short, you're trying to grow it long. It won't quite quaff all the way back. When you try and comb it back, it kind of sticks straight up like alfalfa at times. That's what we're going through right now. We got to get a little bit more length on it so we can slick it back. <laughs> Anything else, Freeman? <laughs> You guys covered it all, man. You guys have a great weekend. All right. Thank you so much. We Thanks, appreciate man. you. Now, that's different. The, the quaffing of the hair, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just trying to make it relatable to everybody. Yeah. You know? Well, mean, doesn't I, relate I think to me. the because, puberty thing yeah. kind, of, kind of fell on deaf ears. It, did, it didn't hit like I thought it was going to hit. So, I, I, had, I, had to, I had to pivot. I had to pivot. <laughs> Went to <laughs> hair. Yeah. You know what? I'm sitting there just, I rub up here. All I got is peach fuzz. <laughs> You know? well, it's the it's the memories, Wolf. It's the it's memories. A- <laughs> you remember what it was like to do that one time. It's the memories at one time. Always keep the comb in the pocket just in case. A little bit of water, just wet it down. Right. Slick yeah. it. Yeah, Slick you know. it back. 70s yeah. style. <laughs> there we go. No doubt about <laughs> it. Absolutely. Okay, so here's the thing, Max. You think that maybe Wink Martindale, maybe he doesn't put that eighth man in the box. You know, you get yourself the opportunity maybe because they're thinking, okay, they found their mojo. They think they can run the ball. But, boy, I'm telling you, I think play action, a little bit of rollout, a little bit of bend moving, you know, I think because misdirection to me is one of the it's it's one of the hidden vigorish of a good offense. You get a little misdirection going. You know, the sprint outs, reverse rollouts. You don't have to sprint out far. You don't have to roll out far. But you change the view. It could be a quarter roll. Yeah, there you go. That's what Ben has. Ben's quarter roll is now what most people would consider a full roll. That's okay. He's that a, works. He's efficient. He's efficient. That's he's it. Efficient. That's what we're going to say. We're not going to say he's old. We're not going to say he's beat up. He's efficient now. You yeah. Know? That works. Positivity. Now, <laughs> yeah. positively, this is what I think, too. You add into that, if you got the fryer move, if you got the, the gentry out there, I mean, six foot eight, that's a wide wide catch radius. That's a high catch radius. Uh, yeah. Friermuth is a wide catch radius. We have seen what this cat can Big do. Big circles. Big circles. Absolutely. I just got to believe, again, that you're capable of being able to do some things early on to get them so they do not drop that eighth man in the box, and then you attack and, and you go at it a little bit with, with the Najee later on. You know what I'm saying? Now, again, it, it depends on the, the weather report. You got some issues going in with the weather, so that's problematic. But it's not like yeah. Ben hasn't been through tough weather before. Yeah, it's not like he's ever seen snow or anything. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not like he just came in from Hawaii and was like, what, what, what is this white substance on the ground? I don't I, I know don't what know. this is. Yes. Why does it fall from the sky in such a way? <laughs> you know, no, no. I mean, Ben, ben, ben is from Ohio. He, he's, he was born into this. He is bona fide 18 years in it. He's dealt with some of the worst weather conditions you could think of. Uh, he played through a hur- the man played through a hurricane. I don't think I don't think some snowflakes are going to hurt him. True, you know. Hey, I so, did too, man. I was outside the entire time. Yes, yes, That's you right. did. You 
You and the cheerleaders were there. <laughs> oh, you had you to bring there. that up, didn't you? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if we're going to throw in the hurricane, I mean, you got you got to throw in the cheerleader pride that came in. Well, that you know? was the problem because they kept saying, Billy and Tunch kept saying, you should come in. I go, I can't because you'll never let me live it down because on account of the Miami cheerleaders are out here the whole entire time. So what exactly. was I to do? Exactly. Listen, you, you, you answered the call, Wolf. I did. You were You reported. <laughs> You report. You pulled your best Al Roker in that moment. I did. I'm in the high of the storm. It's crazy. There's water everywhere. But they're still playing. I've been blown away. I'm outside the stadium. I can't. I'm not even here right now, guys. I'm all I'm on I-95. It's flooded, not snowed in. Oh man. Oh my goodness. I found a sailboat. I'm gonna sail back to the stadium now. Christopher Cross sailing. That's what we need to go out with. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with more right after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, wrapping it up on a Friday before a Sunday game. It is Baltimore, 1 o'clock, and uh, T.J. Watt, Max. All right, he's the Steelers MVP. He's won it now three years in a row. Now think about this. No one, I mean, and I mean no one, not Greg Lloyd, not Joey Porter, not James Harrison, have won the team MVP three times, and no one has ever won it three years in a row. That says something about what the teammates think about T.J. Watt. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it, it's an impressive honor, and like I said, man, I mean, you know, what he's done this year has been absolutely spectacular and phenomenal. Um, you know, Normally, when we see guys get the big contracts, we expect there to be a trail off, right? That sense of relief that, ah, I'm uncuttable, I'm invincible, look at me. and Ten foot tall and bulletproof. That's right. But what T.J. Watt did was he got got his little orange vest, put on his Bob the Builder construction hat, and just went to work. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He just went to work on every offensive – player and personnel in the NFL that we faced on the schedule when he was available and he absolutely terrorized them. He did. And and I think that just is a testament to the type of person he is, the type of player that he is, and the type of teammate that he is. Um guys respect what he's able to create for them. And and that that's the key thing, right? Because it all plays off of each other. Like what other players do create the opportunity for him, but what he does also creates the opportunity for the other players True. because you're making it to where you have to make a decision and whatever decision you make consequently is going to be wrong. And so I think that's kind of how we have to look at what TJ brings to the table and what this means. He is a dynamic player. Well, I will say this. There should be no doubt at the end of this year when we're watching the NFL honors. Right. For defensive player of the year. Yes. Hello, hello, McFly. (laughs) 
Hello, McFly. I'm talking to you, Goodell, and the NFL people. Hey, we know who the defensive player of the year. You right. spell D-P-O-Y-T-J-W-A-T-T. Okay? There you go. There's no no question about it this year. Unequivocally, yeah, you can leave it up to chance the last couple of years, which they were wrong. But this year, without a shadow of a doubt, he's absolutely shattered everybody else in that category. Do you think he needs to break Mike Strahan's record to seal it, or is it just icing on the cake? That's icing on the cake. I mean, why not put a exclamation point at the end of your season by right. doing that? Oh, yeah. Right? You've had this historic run. You you get the big contract at the beginning of the year. You battle through injuries, and then you you set the Steelers' single-season sack record. Might as well set Michael Strahan's in the process. Why not? You got four last – you got four on Monday. What are you going to do on Sunday? Just I just need half that performance. That's all you need? Half. <laughs> not all of you it. You can have half. it. Half. We're not asking you to replicate. We're just asking you to imitate parts of it. That's it. Just give me half. Just give me half, TJ. <laughs> well, think about this. Only Reggie White has done what TJ's done in this sense. With uh, with his number of sacks he's got this year, it gives Watt at least 13 sacks and four consecutive years. Now, that's durability. That is the fact that you could be that sack worthy over four consecutive seasons uh you're, you're like saccacious how's that for a big word saccacious there we baby. go look at that saccacious Sac- i love it saccacious there we go i like it but here's the thing how many how many sacks does bud dupree have again um just 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 a couple is it was it decision decisions yeah. decisions decisions yeah. how many does mel ingram have yeah Alex I, Smith? That, that was one i'm or just two. saying yeah we might they might have made the right decisions that's all i'm going yeah. to say they there might have go. made the right decisions and uh and and for tj especially um the dude the dude is just he's just he's blue collar as blue collar could be man yes you know he he's so blue collar he's denim <laughs> You know I like what I'm that. Saying? That's very good. Yeah, he's so blue collar. He's denim. Let, let's just that. That's a thing now. We're making that a thing now, Wolf. <laughs> um, because what you know, it's just there's there's no flash. There's no frill. You know, he he's he's not flashy. He just he he just. I'm going to outwork you. I don't trust your work ethic versus mine, and I'm going to go out and constantly prove that my work ethic is greater than yours. So you know. Tremendous kudos to him. I hope he breaks the record. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to be on that call. We're calling it Wolf. Right. When he right. does. When Billy he does hits it. Tyler Huntley. Or or if he or if he hits Billy Huntley or T- Tyler Huntley so call Billy Huntley. Yeah. Uh Tyler Huntley so hard that Lamar Jackson must come in. You know? <laughs> and then and then he breaks the record on Lamar. I mean, why why not? Why not? Why couldn't we do that? That that's not bad. I mean, think about it. He's also I mean, TJ's the NFL leader in tackles for loss with twenty. And quarterback hits with think about that. You've got twenty and one and a half sacks, but you got another thirty six quarterback hits. That's a lot of punishment you've dealt out. That's a lot of pressure, as yeah. we call it. And we go back to the diamond analogy. Oh, yeah. right, this is my last analogy for 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 the show until Cr and Juan get on. Oh yeah, because uh, I'm sure <laughs> I'm gonna have to have good one for them. Pressure is applied two different ways. It can either make diamonds, or it can burst pipes. Very good. T.J. Watt is applying the pressure that makes him a diamond and bursts the other offense's pipes. <laughs> Boom, there we go. We're out of there. <laughs> well, since you mentioned them, let's bring them in. We got, we got to bring in the boys, C.R. and Juan. 
coming into the locker room from uh, both Chicago and I think Charleston, if CR is still in 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 uh, Chicago. So, you, fellas, you there? Or is hey, he in Manassas on, again? You still in Manassas, CR? CR, <laughs> still next to Chicago, live from the crib. No, and my partner on the okay. other side. Hey, Warren, Carolina Connection. Before I get started, hey, Max, sorry for your loss. My condolences to you and the family. Appreciate appreciate it. I appreciate that, Warren. Mm. Thanks a lot. Very hey, Max, cool. Max, Max, I also want to throw some stuff in there, man. I, um, you know, I, I feel for you. I remember your dad. When he was playing, as a matter of fact, I was in Texas and I was pulling for him when they played because they had beat the Steelers to get to the to the championship game against uh, uh, the 49ers, and I was pulling for them at that time. <coughs> but I'm also I'm also proud of you and your family because of you guys got a total of like six NFL players, man. Ross who played for Cincy, uh, Jimmy who played for Cincy, Keith who played for the Bucks, uh, uh, the the Raiders, the 49ers, the Chargers. You got Joey who plays for Minnesota. And Keith, who played for Houston, and of course you playing for uh, for for the Steelers. So your family has been a very contributing factor in the NFL, and we just again we appreciate you and your family what you've done, and we, our prayers go out to you and your family. Now, well, thanks, Cr. I appreciate that a lot. Thanks, man. All right, what okay. do we got, boys? Well, why don't let you go first? All right, here, guys. So I know everybody um, is talking about it, it's still. I know it's still a chance, but. I'm going to just put it out there. It should never came down to this that we needed a team to determine if we make it to the playoffs. We should have handled our business. And even though Jacksonville have beaten um, Indianapolis six times in a row in, in Jacksonville, it might be a chance by we just got to hope. And um, why didn't they change it to – we should have changed our game time to a 425 so we would have known the outcome since Jacksonville already got the 1 o'clock game. That I don't know. Yeah. That's – that's a scenario I can't contemplate. But you know what? I also, I will say this one, by them not changing that, at least we know that everybody will play hard. That's <laughs> a good point. That, 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 that is the, other the big thing. point. Because if they do lose and neither one of the neither the Steelers or the Ravens uh, have anything to fight for, it might be an uninspired game. So I think to keep the competitive juices going, I think that's why you have to keep that game at 1 o'clock. Okay, and also I know they're going to have the school board there in, in um, Baltimore, so the guys just got to go out there and kick your business, that's all. Okay, CR, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to back up to, uh, um, you know, uh, I know Ben, that was Ben's last game the other day, and uh, well, home game, and uh, it was a lot of, you know, a lot of focus on him, and I really appreciate what he's done because I've been watching him uh, for all his career, and some of these youngsters, that's the only quarterback they know. But I also want to want to give a shout out to the first round pick number twenty four, Najee Harris. His accomplishments, man. He was being overlooked, but uh, what he accomplished—one hundred eighty-eight yards—is uh, totally awesome. And I want to make sure that he gets his his due on his performance and uh, what's possibly for the future. Comment. Well, my comment is: Look, Najee wasn't overlooked. You're you were just throwing a lot of love to a guy who was about on a yep. countdown for a gold jacket at Canton, okay? So, Najee, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to – we'll see what Najee's got over the years, but you cannot condense 18 years into just mere minutes, you know what I mean, and compare, uh, you know, with, with somebody like that. I think Najee has got some great upside. You know, he's got the most touches in the NFL. He's uh, broke uh, Franco's rookie rushing record. He's got two mm-hmm. dynamite stiff arms. 
to his credit that I just <laughs> love, man. When you get guys going airborne and put them on the seat of their pants, that's all great stuff. But believe you me, Monday night was as it should be. That's Ben's yep. night. That was about celebrating almost two decades of excellence. Absolutely. Matt. And and I, I think the biggest thing is, is that, you know, Najee has plenty of time for his accolades. And I think what he's done has been phenomenal to support um, offensively, mm-hmm. especially early on. We have to remember, you know, the rhythm. We, there was a point where we were like, hey, is, not, is Najee just a scat back? Is he not an actual <laughs> running back? Because he's catching so many passes out of the backfield, almost set a, a receiving record at running back. So we had these moments where we know we've depended on Najee. But the biggest thing has been, you know, how has been – enjoyed this last year because I think you know like Wolf said this is a culmination of 18 years of hard work dedication sacrifice three Super Bowl appearances countless Pro Bowls and this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer and he and he he stood the test of time the man has played all but what one game right Wolf yeah yeah the Chicago game is the only game he did not play and the fact that he showed that durability in his last year is something to be rewarded and you get to go out with the team that was closest to your hometown you know, and I think that was kind of one of the things that we really wanted to make sure we highlighted. But I think it was that overall team effort because what would the Najee performance be without TJ Watts' four sack performance as well and nine sacks by that okay. defense as well to apply that pressure? So everybody contributed in that, but I think it was more so a thankfulness for Ben in that moment. And the crowd really showed out too. The crowd gave him so much love. I mean, yep. so much stuff on the internet about people being out there, people crying and tearing up, and even hardcore guys like like, like you <laughs> probably teared up a little bit. So, um, But uh, he, he is well worth it, well-deserved. And, and uh, for these youngsters, it'll be a long time before we see the likes of, of somebody like him again. You better believe it. As I always say, I was, on, I was in the huddle with Bradshaw in, in Chase Stadium in 1983, his last game. 21 years later, I was on the sidelines in Miami when Ben made his first start. Look, that's a long time in between when you have franchise Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So it's not going to be easy replacing that guy, let me tell you. Hey, man, Jeanette, uh, 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 buddy, you got anything else before we go? Hey, yeah, one more thing, guys. Hey, with TJ with the record, guess who? Guess who's going to be lined up against someone from your disparage? Who's that? Um, Big Al. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he'll be on the yeah, other so. side. No, Al will yeah, be against Highsmith. Yeah. Yeah. Al's against Highsmith. Uh, it's Macari on the right side. Yeah, Macari oh, okay, on, okay, on the so. right tackle. Yeah. But, now, now, no, Al no. was supposed to play right tackle. Yeah, exactly. But with Ronnie Stanley's injury pushed him back out yeah. to left. There you which go. Which is what he was running from, and that's what is that, and that's why I think they've been on a five game lose streak. <laughs> All right, fellas, anything else? <laughs> yeah, but one last thing: uh, uh, the, the Tom Tomlin is going to be able to be the uh, defensive coordinator yeah. on on this on this game coming up. Yeah, uh, that's going to be Correct. pretty good because his fortitude is is uh, defense. Well, no doubt. Well, hey guys, I know you got to go. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Appreciate we got in. We didn't get in for the last couple of days, and everybody was on pins and needles. But here we go. <laughs> in the meantime, and in between time, here we go still. Is, here we go. Thank boom, you so boom. much, guys. All right. There we go, boys. Appreciate it. Well, and thanks again for your well wishes, uh, yeah. CR and Juan. Well, that was really nice. No doubt about it. Okay, so as we look at this game, Max, you know, I can't help but think um, – you know, somewhere in between, you got the number one run defense, you got the number 
32 pass defense. Um, ben, you've got to find a mitigating circumstance to bring it all together here. Again, if you don't drop eight in the box, man, you'll be able to run. But I think Ben can also exploit, hopefully, uh, the, the the pass defense. These guys are really struggling. They've, they're missing some key players there. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, we have to, we have to look to the great American philosopher for okay. inspiration, Wolf. All right, who's that? Um, Clubber Lang. <laughs> Yeah, he was. Forecast, yeah. forecast has to be what one thing and one thing only. What exactly. is that? Pain. 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 Yeah. <laughs> you got to get a little growl in the voice. Exactly. You, exactly. you got cha- to channel that, that, that feather earring, you know, with, 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 the, with the jacket and everything, the buffalo jacket. You know, you got you to kind of channel that type of mentality when you're going into Baltimore. You know That's what you need to do. You just brought an image to my mind. Remember at the end, of, was it Rocky 1? Rocky, no, Rocky 2, right? When... They yeah. go and they're they're gonna spar at the end, you know, and yes. they they pull off right when they show them both flashing the fists at each yeah. other. I always <laughs> wondered who won, who got the big shot in there. I mean, come on, that was that's wrong. Left me hanging. Yeah, no, I mean, but it's a great image though. It's a great yes. imagery. I mean, it's almost as good as Han Solo and Carbonite. I mean, I'm just gonna <laughs> throw in my nerddom there. Uh, but uh, but no, I I think when you think about that. This is how, if I'm picturing the end of Ben's story, right, right, wouldn't you want it to be against Baltimore in Baltimore? Oh yeah, right. It's yeah. that imagery of a very tough physical matchup, and kind of, you know, what defined Ben's career, and I think defined a lot of our trajectory that we're blessed to play with him was those games were must see TV, right, in the, in our primes, and. You knew that that was going to be a night game. You knew it was going to be in prime time, and people wanted to see that matchup. So for Ben to go out on this game as the final, final game is is a pretty cool moment. It is indeed. That's a nice bow on it, buddy. Way to go. All right, there my friend. Go. I will see you in Baltimore. All right. See you, see you with the crab cakes. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, folks, <laughs> remember the Steelers, 1 o'clock kickoff, Baltimore Ravens. Hey, let's go Steelers. We'll see you then. Here we go. <laughs>